Welcome to Ride With Us, presented by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, the world's largest ride enthusiast organization dedicated to the appreciation, promotion, and preservation of roller coasters across the globe. Please keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times as we welcome your host, Jessica Gardner and John Davidson. On May 11th, I attended the media day for Pipeline, the brand new surf coaster from B&M at SeaWorld Orlando. This coaster is so much fun, and I was lucky enough to get a few rides in before I also got to interview not one, not two, but three SeaWorld vice presidents. The vice president of operations, Rob McNicholas, the vice president of attractions, design and development, Jeff Hornick, and the vice president of design and engineering, Clint Brinker. Please excuse the audio as the coaster was rolling right next to us, but I couldn't miss out on this opportunity to share each of their perspectives on bringing Pipeline to life and why the addition of this coaster now makes SeaWorld the coaster capital of Orlando. It's Pipeline Media Day at SeaWorld Orlando, and I am so lucky to have gotten to ride this coaster. And now I'm even luckier because I am standing here with the Vice President of Operations from SeaWorld Orlando, Rob McNicholas. Rob, are you hanging 10 today? I am <laughs> hanging. I, I started at 10 from energy. I'm thinking I'm like a four. I'm getting run down. It's a long, hot day here in Orlando, but... It's a great feeling. Oh my gosh. Because this ride, it, it's, it's a long time coming and um, just seeing the reactions uh, and, and, and people just like, whoa, wasn't expecting that. Um, it's, it's, it's a great day, very exciting. We have all been there, listeners. We have been here since 6.15 this morning with the American Coaster Enthusiasts, getting some of our members on these rides and we have had so much fun all day. This is Rob of B&M stand-up coaster, but not a stand-up coaster. Right. Tell me a little bit more about this. So it is a B&M surf coaster, and, and the reason for it, it truly is not stand-up. And what I mean by that is that there, there's so many stand-ups in the past, and they have a very unique ride experience. And we want to differentiate that from um, the stand-up coasters. So, so this one, why we say surf is, yeah, what? sure, when you board, you're standing, and you're sitting on, for lack of better terms, a bicycle seat, yeah. it feels like, and you have the restraint that comes down. But you'll notice you can start going up and down, two inches yeah. down, two inches up, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is when you're going. Yeah. So when you go out in the launch, you're standing and thinking, okay, here we go, and then all of a sudden, you fly upwards. I was not trying to kick my legs out. I was actively trying to keep my feet down, and I couldn't. And I was flying through the air on some of these airtime hills. It was so much fun. The G-forces won't let you keep your feet down. No. Um, and I, I, I told people the first two times I rode this, I came back out of breath. I was like, what the heck is that? And I was thinking, I think it was because I was trying to maintain a riding position like you do. <laughs> and it was like going to the gym, which I haven't been in a while, full disclosure. Well, you've been so, working hard on Exactly, so that's it. Um, so that has, that has to be it. But it's also like, I'm laughing the whole ride. And it's, it's just, uh, it's, you can't explain it. It's yeah. just mind blown how cool it is. It's so much fun from that first launch. And then everybody's talking about that very last little bank. I don't want to spoil it too much for our enthusiasts. They'll get upset if I spoil it. Um, but, but listen, this so this roller coaster is the seventh now for SeaWorld Orlando. Yes, it is. Right. Seven coasters here. So why this coaster? Why now? So we 
you know, this was an area of our park that was underutilized, right? So it, we called it our event pathway. We did usually Halloween, Spooktacular, and Christmas on this pathway. It's an event village. Sure. So underutilized, perfect place for a coaster themed on surfing because you're right next to our lake. Yeah. You launch right by our guest entrance. So you're launching by the turnstiles. So if you're in line, you're like, I need to go ride that. Um, it's really cool. As you're driving up, you see yes. this is now the first coaster that you see. As it you're has changed up. the entire skyline. Yeah. So wherever you look, you see coaster track. Uh, it's filled this void of this over here. It's a beautiful color, too. Uh, the blue with the, the very light sea foamy blue columns, but then the orange ride vehicle yeah, that <laughs> oh, it just, you, wherever you go you're like wow and it's the only coaster that is completely in park proper meaning it's not going into back areas oh yeah you're right so every other coaster you're into areas you can't go to as a guest so you you walk under this pathway you're under track yeah. so we don't you have the mako area you have an area of manta that is in the park but yeah. this you're walking all around track that's right because that's hard to photograph we've tried yes it is but <laughs> photograph this from a Across the lake, yeah, you, oh, and it changes the whole look. It's wherever you are. It, it just it's changed the energy. Um, it's brought this side of the park to life. And you, rem you know, we did Mako in sixteen, Infinity Falls in eighteen, Sesame in nineteen, Icebreaker in twenty two because of COVID, oh, Pipeline in twenty three. Who knows what in twenty four? But oh, this whole park is. Something yeah, I couldn't do that. <laughs> oh, he's got but, a smile on but we are always got something up our sleeve oh, and a plan. Okay. For the future, and um, if you haven't been to Sea Orlando in a while, you got to check it out. You absolutely it's have changed. to get out here. If you're a coaster enthusiast, you need to come and ride Pipeline. Absolutely. One last thing, I just have to talk to you about this absolutely gorgeous theming. I'm a theme park girl. I love a good theme, and I can't believe how much it feels like my I'm home in California when I'm here with all of the different foliage and the marsh. There's actual sand here. There is. I thought it was cement, and yep. then I touched it. So I said, oh no, this is beach sand. Yep. And there are these gorgeous fountains over there that make it sound like waves. There. And when you're on the coast, it does this beautiful thing. It's, the, the team did a, a lot, and there's more coming. We're not done. Oh, really? There is more coming. What else is coming? Quite, there's a lot of surfboards and fun signage. Um, more shade, of course, is coming. We need shade in Florida. Always. And the, one of the great things I have to brag about our entertainment team is the, the coaster maintenance Bay, both sides of the mural, they painted that in-house. Our team, so on one side is a postcard, greetings from yeah, SeaWorld, this side's tropical, yeah. it looks fantastic. So it's just, the team did really, really well, and there's more coming um, to make it feel even more immersive, but yeah, it's a it looks great, and um, we're all smiles today. We're all smiles, too. Thank you so much for having the American Coaster Enthusiast of course. here. We had such a great time, and I'm hoping to get some more rides on this today, Rob. Let's make it happen. Thank you. Hey, it's Jessica, and I am here with Jeff Hornick, the Vice President of Attraction Design and Development for SeaWorld Orlando. Jeff, tell me about designing Pipeline. Uh, we are so excited after years of development to uh, unveil this highly anticipated coaster. Pipeline is the world's first surf coaster experience, and it's really only one that SeaWorld can, can deliver. What makes this coaster unique is a next generation train design that allows riders to actually stand on top of a surfboard as they're being launched on this ride course. 
over 60 miles, we're up to 60 miles per hour, 110 feet in the sky. There's so many fun elements on the ride. It's 2,950 feet of track of these really gnarly twists and turns where you really feel like you are surfing on this ride. And not only is the ride layout fantastic, but what also makes this ride unique is the restraint design that is a world's first development. Riders, when they first get on the ride, they'll sit in a restraint that actually adjusts to their height. So it's very comfortable for all of our riders. We have a 54 inch to 78 inch height restriction. But it's very, it's, yeah, very open for, for a wide range of guests to be able to ride. And when they first get in the ride, they'll notice that there's a certain amount of motion up and down that they can feel when they're going through the ride. And as they launch, as soon as they launch out, their feet are actually gonna leave the floor because they're flying up in the sky. It, it, it is so cool because that that heave motion really enhances the, the overall ride experience. It enhances the, the negative Gs, it enhances the downforce. It really gives guests an opportunity to, to play. I've seen yeah. a lot of guests on the ride move up and down and just see how it feels at different positions as they're going throughout the ride course. So that level of interactivity is not something that I've ever seen on a roller coaster before. And I, I can tell that our guests are loving it. We absolutely are. I have to say we had all of the ACE members here this morning and everybody, I think, it's so hard, I think, to describe what the experience is on this roller coaster. And even as many times as I watched it, riding it for the first time was a completely different experience than I was expecting. I was shocked when my feet left the ground of their own volition. <laughs> I was not expecting that whatsoever. So many airtime moments. Tell me about the airtime. Yeah, so on, on this ride, you know, I, I tell people from an airtime perspective, no matter if you're a, a goofy rider or a, a regular rider, your, your feet are gonna lift off the floor no matter what. We've got five moments of airtime on this ride and we have a really awesome wave curl inversion. So yes. you actually go upside down, which is unheard of you know, on the surfboard, Seriously. right? So being able to experience that. But the, the way this ride is developed is that the first half of the ride are really big fun elements, really long, elongated moments of airtime and positive genes as you're going up and down and dropping in just as you would on a, a, a huge surf her surf wave anyway. But the second half of the ride is, is more about really quick transitions back and forth and small moments of airtime to feel like you're you're cutting back on a like a surfer, cutting back and forth on that wave. And it really gives you an opportunity to, to play and have a really fun, thrilling experience, but it's also super repeatable. Yeah. It's one of those rides where I can see people get right off and get back on. Oh again. yeah, our members did not want to leave. You had to kick them <laughs> off of those seats. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's what you want in one of these type of roller coasters. You know, we we are already have a fantastic collection of roller coasters here at SeaWorld. We have six or seven. This is the seventh, seventh roller coaster here. Now you are the capital of Orlando. That is for sure. So it really reinforces that. And we are really excited to have all of our guests experience it when it comes on, on an open opening day on May 27th. Mm -hmm. But if you're a pass holder, you actually get to experience it early with exclusive ride times beginning May 12th. Yes. That is so excited. Everybody needs to get down here to SeaWorld Orlando, especially if you are a coaster enthusiast. Uh, what's next for SeaWorld Orlando. <laughs> this summer is the perfect time to visit SeaWorld because not only are we going to open up this brand new pipeline roller coaster, but we have a, a newly reinvented seasonal event. We have our, our summer sensation opening up the same day. It'll go through the entire summer. And if you're not a roller coaster fan, we still have something for the entire family between up close animal encounters and live entertainment and these seasonal events. So it really is the perfect time to come to the 
the park. Now, we are always looking for the next opportunity to reinvest and reinvent ways to have guests engage with the park and come back to the park. And there are some really exciting things on the horizon, but do not wait. You've got to get here to ride Pipeline. Everybody who I see talking about the future of SeaWorld has a smile on their face, and that makes me really excited for the future of this park as well. These seven coasters, the fourth B&M coaster, Pipeline is such a great addition to the park. We're so excited that it's here. This is Clint Breaker, Vice President of Design and Engineering, or as he says, VP of D&E. <laughs> VP of D&E, that's the term. I'm learning so many things today. How's your day going here at Pipeline Media Day? I'm having a great time. I'm so happy to have guests on the ride for the first time. I love seeing the experiences that people bring, you know, as they come off the ride, just the feeling of elation, families high-fiving, you know, so that, that's just a great vibe. Does it make it all worth it, all the all the work you put in? Absolutely. Yeah, 3 a.m. yesterday, 4 a.m. today. Really? Oh, my <laughs> yeah. goodness. But you do what you got to do to create these experiences for your guests. Yeah. Can you tell me, like, bring me back to day one and, like, where this whole thing started? So it started pre-COVID in a design phase. So it was one of those projects that kind of bridge that long gap um, just like icebreaker that hope you know we actually opened it yeah. after covid um, it, it started back when i was uh designing and building sesame place san diego oh, so i was working really? elsewhere in the park under the corporate umbrella so um, at that time i was over in san diego uh in the construction phase of that project um and then i i uh, was brought on as vp over here in orlando and uh i this project had just uh, just done like clearing the, the ground, so it was nothing but a big mud pit when I got it. Wow! You know? And uh, it's it's been a great experience, and we we've done a lot of things on the fly. You know, we uh, increased the or to totally revamped the retail offering that we have. This oh, water feature that. was oh, an addition, wow. yeah. So we did a lot of things on the fly. So there oh was a lot of. We have to talk about the water feature. Oh, sure. Because sure. I love the water feature so much. It's reminding me. That's my me baby. Of, um, <laughs> really? Because it's just reminding me of like hearing the waves outside your window. It's yes. so pretty. It feels Thank like we're you. on the beach. I and then it. I reached over there and there's actual sand and marsh. Yeah. It's just perfect. I'm from California and it just feels well, like... you're uh, right at home. <laughs> I love that element. So good. I'm glad to hear that uh, you're the guy and I can say it right to you. Yeah. Great Thank addition. You so it's so well, that, wonderful. That warms my heart. You're the first person to say that. Really? Yes. Oh, I took video of it earlier even. Oh. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank Getting you. the sounds of it is like coaster ASMR. Yeah, it is. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, sorry. Tell me more because I also have to say that I was, a, I was there for uh, Sesame Place San Diego's opening as well. Mm -hmm. Um, had a really amazing experience over oh, there. Awesome. Um, so great job with all of that. And uh, oh my God, Big Bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and he talks to you. He did talk to me. That was my me. baby, yeah. Over I there. was one of the first people he talked to. I yeah. was accidentally taking pictures in his nest when he first came out. I had to get out of the nest and yeah. get in. Yeah. yeah, I was one of the first people he talked to. And it definitely brought me back to my childhood. So thanks for that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That was a that was a once in a lifetime experience to to take an entire park overall from design all the way through opening. Yeah. So that was really cool. And now you're here and opening this coaster here. Yep. The seventh coaster for SeaWorld Orlando. Coaster capital of Orlando. Got it, got a shameless plug. I mean, it is, right? Yeah. You've got the most and they're all incredible ride experiences and something for everybody, I think, you know, in the family, whatever your taste. Yeah. Uh, this one, um, really fun in terms of the design and all of the theming elements. What's your favorite part of it? My favorite is the uh, the five airtime moments. Yes. And as, as you've been on the ride now, you, you know, you never know, you know, until you ride something the first time, you never truly know what you get yourself into. But, you know, the, the 60 mile an hour launch right out of the gate and then feeling that first airtime moment and then, you know, four more after that that kind of sneak up on you. Like you don't even know where to expect them. 
and just that feeling of freedom to move your feet around. You know, you have, you know, you're, you're securely in that harness, but it's just such a unique experience that it's never the same twice. For anybody who might be interested in a job like you have, design and engineering, like what what is that like, and, and how would you, what would you recommend for someone who would want to get into that? Like, I, I would, yeah, I would recommend you know uh, following a path in you know to you know a college education that is in one of the fields that that you know are part of bringing theme parks to life like myself you know i i got an arts degree i have an engineering degree you know and i was i was just, and i was in the navy so i was like trying to do Whoa, it all, right? okay. you know? so i'm a weird case but to that end no two people have the same story there is no you know straight path to, to how it, it all comes together and you know not everyone wants, wants to be an engineer some people want to be a scenic artist or sure. you know, an architect or, or who knows anything right um, and so it really takes you know, a village, you know, of, of many different uh, specialties to bring theme parks together. So I would say pursue one of those kinds of things. There's tons of books and, and blogs and things out there to help you do that. But then after that, uh, you know, seek uh, park jobs. You know, come in the door, you know, culinary or park quality or any, any, any kind of a job. You know, a lot of people have success stories. Uh, you know, they came in uh, just as a, you know, a kid in high school or college and got a job and they stuck with it and, and here they are 30 years later, you know. Yeah, wow. Um, mine was a weird path, it was nothing like that. So that's that's what I mean, it's so unique. But I would also say internships. Okay. Are, uh, we, we and, you know, all the major operators offer internships and I would recommend that people try internships at different parks uh -huh. just to, to get all that right. exposure. Um, yeah, Good things like that. What's, what's a day in your life like? I, I love that question. <laughs> yeah, um, it's never the same. I, I have to tell you, that's that sounds cliche, but uh, we have, you know, dozens and dozens of projects of varying sizes that are ongoing at any time, and some of them are, you know, a drawing on a napkin, and some of them are uh, halfway through a design or going out for a bid or, you know, yeah. we've started construction or we're getting ready for media day. Right. All you know, right. Big so. Uh, and, and of course, you know, SeaWorld has everything, right? We have animals, we have roller coasters, we have, you know, restaurants and all the other things you find, right? So all, all of our projects, um, they span the full gamut of every offering in a theme park. So yeah. It's, it's a wild, you know, time. No day is ever the same? No day is ever the same. And I should say, they're not always so long, but, you know, yeah. this is a labor of love. You know, this is what you do when you're going to open a ride is, you yeah. know, you give it your give it your all and, and just being here with you and having this experience with a guest is just so rewarding. Well, the American Coaster enthusiasts had an amazing time being here this morning and getting to meet some of the first people to ride this coaster. Only positive reviews from what we heard. And yes. uh, coaster enthusiasts, if you're listening, if you haven't already booked your trip to Orlando, now is the time because you need this credit. <laughs> the only surf coaster in the world, right? Come see us. Surf's up. Yeah. Surf's up. I think that's a perfect way to end it. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Big Bear Mountain is Dollywood's newest and longest roller coaster. This Vacoma opened to the public on May 12th with a media day event on May 11th, and our special guest was there to find the bear. She's going to tell us all about it. Please welcome ACE member Callista Ringus. Callista, it's so nice to meet you. Hi, Jessica. Nice to meet you, too. Yeah, thank you so much for being here today. I'd love to get to know you and tell everybody a little bit more about you. Uh, tell me where you're from. Where do you live? Um, I am from Glen Allen, Virginia. And where's that? Um, right outside of Richmond. And Calista, what's your home park? My home park is Kings Dominion. Kings Dominion. I have so many happy memories from Kings Dominion. What got you into coasters? Um, my parents, um, 
my mom just from birth raised me in the amusement parks <laughs> and tell everyone who your mom is <laughs> um elizabeth ringus current president of ace <laughs> Yes, she, we could call her a little bit of an enthusiast. So what was it like growing up having your parents uh, as your parents, <laughs> being such enthusiasts oh, as they are? Honestly, so much fun. I have so many great memories of traveling to all the new parks as a kid. Just, I don't even know, just riding with them on the new coasters and getting to hang out at events while they do ran you, them. <laughs> do you remember there being any kind of pressure at all for you to get into roller coasters the way that they did? Um, there wasn't really pressure. I mean, they made us try most coasters one time. There wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't, once. yeah, there wasn't really any room for fear there. But if I didn't like it, never had to ride it again. <laughs> that, I think that's the way to go. So do you remember like the coaster that got you really hooked? Um, not really. Um, I just have fond memories from all throughout my childhood. I'm trying to think, I feel like, I think it's Mindbender at Six Flags Over Georgia. Yeah, that was the one. Was that like your I, first coaster? It was like my first upside down coaster, I think. And that got you hooked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been an ACE member? When did they sign you up? <laughs> I'm pretty sure since I was born. <laughs> yeah. So now what would you say is like your favorite coaster, your favorite type of coasters? Um, I'm still all into the wooden coasters. My current favorite or that at least I can remember is Prowler at Worlds of Fun. Really? How come? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the memories associated with my first con um, being there, but I just remember we wrote it on ERT all night, and just whenever someone asks my favorite coaster, that's the first one that pops in my head. That's the one that you always go to. I love yeah. it. So I also heard that you are a member of the Youth Advising Committee in ACE. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, yeah, so this is a more recent committee formed. There's a few of us on it, and we just work to involve youth in ACE activities. So we meet and we think of how we can encourage people to meet up and have fun outside of their families. And we do have some exciting events planned for during con. So that's Ooh. something to get excited for. Like what? Um, just meetups and special times during meals that we can sit together and talk about coasters and just hang out. Nice. By youth, like what ages would you say that is? Is that um, pretty teenagers to young adults? Yeah. All right. That's great. Yeah, I love that, uh, you know, because sometimes you don't want to <laughs> be with all of the adults. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Want to do your own thing. That's really fun. That's great. Thank you for volunteering. <laughs> so let's hear about your experience over at Dollywood. So, okay, tell me everything. First of all, when did you ride it? Um, I wrote it first on Thursday while my mom was busy doing TV interviews. Yeah, um, so this was like a two-day media event that you were there for? Yes, so the first day was just all the news outlets coming in and doing interviews on the rides and learning about it. Amazing. Um, so I rode twice a day. I did a POV with my mom. Um, that's nice. on the U YouTube, I believe. Um, and then on Friday was the official media day. And I heard that there's a special guest at the official media day. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so Dolly came in and she sung a song about Big Bear Mountain. Oh, okay. Um, set set the scene for us. All right. So okay, did all anybody right. know did anybody know that this was gonna happen? Um, I think there had been some rumors spreading. Well, about I mean, it. I think anytime you go to a Dollywood event, you hope <laughs> she's right, exactly. Show up. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you're sitting there and normally, you know, there's a little like announcements at a media day for those listeners who've never been to one. Um, a lot of times, you know, the park president or people come out. I've seen the national anthem. I've seen fireworks sometimes. So what happened at this one? So for this one, they had a stage set up 
And then out came Dolly and then Eugene, the president of Dollywood. And they had a little banter about the coaster and like the adventure that it's going on looking for Big Bear. And then she sung a song. Oh my gosh. Um, And then they had a whole bunch of junior rangers of kids on the coaster and it shot out with fireworks as like the first official ride. Oh, that's so cute. I yes. love that. Do you know what song Dolly sang? <laughs> I keep going back to Dolly. Um, it was, I think it was just a generic song about Big Bear Mountain. Like she it, wrote a song? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's really, oh, okay. <laughs> and, she, and she had the whole crowd sing along to the last verse of it. Um, oh, that's so cute. Which was really cute. You sang with Dolly. <laughs> I'm so jealous. It's funny because me and Doug and Derek Perry were down in Orlando on the very same day was the Pipeline Coaster Media Day, which we are also talking about in this episode. And we were, of course, like getting the updates. And when we ever saw that, what we were like, wow, <laughs> we were so jealous. Uh, anyway, so that's amazing. All right. So let's go back to before you got on the coaster. What were you kind of expecting going in? like what did what did you think it was going to be um I did not have super high expectations I knew it'd be fun the words just kept on throwing around were family friendly easy like the whole family grandparents little kids I was like expecting something very smooth and I had ridden Dragonflyer mm-hmm. um which was so much fun and a great build by Vacoma so I knew it was gonna be good and it was so much fun when I got on it it was just honestly it was what I was expecting it was a nice family coaster yeah. And it's long, right? Yes, almost two minutes. Whoa, yeah, that's pretty long. Yeah. I'm assuming the foliage that you get to see through the mountains is beautiful. Yeah, it was really pretty back there. And it um, it's made to feel like you're running through the mountains chasing the bear, which was really awesome. Are you a Vacoma fan in general? Like, is that what you said you like wooden roller coasters, but... Um, I'm not completely against them but i'm not i'm neutral (laughs) neutral okay (laughs) so let's go back to um the queue all right so walk us through what can we expect like what's the theming so it sets you up for your hunt for big bear it's set in like the ranger cabin before they had the list of all the previous outings where the people haven't returned yet and then so it's scary or is it more like you know kid funny like they're not you're not hunting a bear right (laughs) right it's like kid funny like a tail or something like that it's okay and they have just like decorations and like their supplies out and then you enter the station like a legend of the big bear or something like that right exactly okay got it all right so then tell me about loading um very easy very quick the crew was all ready to go um you hop right in and you're out within a minute or two um, and what about bags? Are there lockers? Are there cubbies? Or can you bring it with you? I am not entirely sure about that. Okay. We didn't see that part yet. All right. What about the seats? Um, two seats. They're very comfortable, good size. They're made to, they're made to accommodate um, little kids and older grandparents and anyone. Um, the lap bar fit comfortably over my legs. I do have a little bit longer of legs and they were still, it was still great. Um, And overall, just a great design. It just really does emphasize how much they want it to be for any kind of age group. Love that. That just makes sense for that park. Absolutely. Um, Talk about, is it a lift? Is it a launch? So it launches right out of the station, which I actually did not know before I rode. Um, 
I, I mean, I didn't see a lift hill, but I didn't, I expected it to roll out of the station. Right. Um, so, so, Interesting. Yeah. So there's three launches on it. The first one does go right out of the station and it's right away, just off on the search and it ties right into the audio. So the audio on this is amazing. The sound quality is so loud and clear. Um, you can hear the music playing from the train in the station Wow! and the audio and it just really guides you along the hunt. It's telling you where you are and what you're doing and like you found big bear congrats it was really awesome <laughs> spoiler alert you find big yeah. bear <laughs> i feel like that's not really spoil- spoiling anything <laughs> you know one of these adventures like when have they ever ended like oh no never mind we didn't save the world <laughs> right <laughs> we didn't find the big bear legend yeah awesome um so and so then yeah tell me about the the ride experience there's no upside down right Right. So it just, it has a lot of different elements in that it doesn't just simply go over hills or do a little turn. It mixes it up. Um, Nothing too intense. The launches spread throughout it are a really good change. And it feels so long when you're on it in a good way. Like it doesn't drag on, but you just don't want it to end. Um, Because you're so low to the ground, it feels so fast without putting the pressure of going that fast. And really feels like you're winding in and out of the mountains. Yeah, it looks really amazing. Your mm-hmm. um, mom getting to do that interview on the coaster um, that looked really fun, and I was like, "Wow, this is real." They're still going, huh? They're still they're still going, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, finding a, a big bear. I'm like, what did they did they show you like a picture like of what you're looking for? Is is there an animatronic? Like, what is what is the bear? So yeah, there's no actual animatronic on the actual like the ride itself. In line, they do have like a drawing comparison of a normal bear that you would see in the mountains, and then a size comparison of big bear, almost like twice its size in a drawing. Okay. So it's depicting as a very scary monster, mythical type thing, but okay. no actual showing what it looks like to on the ride. So really, it's just in the audio they're saying that that you've found it but you don't actually see what you found right oh this is the i feel like this is the type of thing that i'm just not going to understand until i ride it and yeah. i don't really want to watch pov is like i'll watch a reverse pov <laughs> but i don't totally want to watch pov because like i feel like i'm i'm gonna see it in a month at coaster con and <laughs> right? i don't want to less than a month now oh my goodness so i, I almost don't want to get it spoiled for myself but um, yeah, what else can we say about the, the coaster? Um, the, how fast did it go? Yeah, so it hits about 48 miles an hour. And I do remember sitting in the front car. It's really cool. The theming in the seats has a, um, a speedometer built to 48 miles an hour. Just really nice hints that allude to the facts of the coaster. Nice. Oh, that's kind of fun. Those cars, I remember seeing the cars at the IAPA Expo. Um, over in the um, in the Vacoma booth and everything, and just the theming of that already looked like it was going to be just very well themed and a good fit for the park. Um, did you get to? So you got to ride it how many times? Um, I rode it three times. Three times, and um, you said you were in the front car for your POV, and then um, where else did you get to ride it? And then I rode in the back the other times. And what would you recommend? Um, so before I went in the back all the crew were telling me to like expect it to be better in the back and that it's more intense and it was a little bit more intense but overall not much difference between the front and the back on this coaster i think i enjoyed the front a little bit more just because 
I got to see the track right in front of me and just felt like I was weaving in and out more in the mountains and just created a better picture of what the ride was supposed to be. Yeah. But both seats were great. Nice. <laughs> so um, unloading, let's talk about unloading. Anything special there? Um, No, it's really easy. Just the same um, as it... Oh. What was I going to say? I didn't actually go through a normal unloading process. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's just how media day is. I understand. Yeah. Um, but did you get to see the, is there anything cool in the exit or are there on-ride photos that they're going to have? Um, I know the exit takes you through another one of their cabins, or I assume just a continuation of their ranger camp. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't get to walk through it, but I, I would hope that it follows up something about catching big bear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. And how about merch? Did you get to see any of the merch? <laughs> um, they had some t-shirts in the shop and a hat there with the Big Bear logo that um, with the Smoky Mountain sunset or sunrise in the background that we've seen on some, um, yeah. I think, on some stuff. I don't remember exactly what it was on, but. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, it's like a bear, like kind of, he, he could kind of be a mountain, but he's also, yeah. I've yeah, so they have on. it in their stores in Wildwood Grove right now. Yeah, right, because this is in the Wildwood Grove section. So do, what do you think about how it fits into the park? Do you think that they that they nailed it? Oh, yeah, it's a perfect addition. The orange color itself, in, in the fact that the track goes all through Wildwood Grove is beautiful. You can see it right when you walk in with the waterfall in the front where the track goes through. And I think it's a really good way, even during media day, you could see kids being like with their grandparents, what coaster is this? I want to go ride it, even though it's all the way back at the back of Wildwood Grove. Wow. Um, and it's just, it's it's a really good addition. I mean, that's perfect, right? That's what you want. If kids are saying they want to go on it. Exactly. <laughs> Versus seeing some of the other coasters and being like, nope. <laughs> that. Oh, that's really fun. So overall thoughts from you about Big Bear Mountain really good as to what it, it's a really good family coaster it's perfect for any age there were kids running around riding it over and over already i think it will draw more people into the area and just adds on to what dragonflyer already had and i just think dollywood is doing great things with that area i love it any <laughs> upcoming uh trips planned for you calista um no i don't get to go to con this year what um, oh no <laughs> i am busy in summer classes well that makes yeah. sense yes <laughs> Yeah, I'm just looking forward. I might try to go to Ace Dives in our region this year. Oh, yeah, um, Williamsburg. Fun. Yes, at Bush Gardens. Um, and that's pretty much it for me in the near future. Well, I hope that you and I get to meet sometime uh, and talk coasters in person. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on our podcast today. And everybody get excited for ERT on Bigger <laughs> Mountain. Yep, thank you. This was fun. <laughs> And for our final coaster in this episode of The First Drop, I would like to welcome Seth Angelilli, Assistant Regional Rep for the Mid-Atlantic Region. Seth, how are things over there at Busch Gardens Williamsburg? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. We've got a new coaster. Here to talk about it. Yeah, that's definitely what I'm interested in. The Dark Coaster. And is uh, Busch Gardens Williamsburg, is that your home park? Uh, it's not, but I am very relatively close. So I do get to visit very often. Okay, before we start the uh, talking about the coaster, just let us in a little bit more about you. What is your home park then? Uh, my home park is King's Dominion, uh, just north, of, about an hour north of uh, Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. So they're very close nice. proximity, so I get to visit both. 
Yes, good, good solid region for parks. And uh, what got you into coasters? Uh, just the love of them and how they work and just watching them go. I have memories of uh, sitting and eating a peanut butter sandwich in front of Shockwave at King's Dominion and just watching it go around all day. Just being like, I want to Mes- Mesmerized. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, I'd just like to personally thank you. I saw out on the website that you are on the Youth Advisory Committee. So as a dad with two younger kids, I appreciate that you uh, you per- participate on that community. So uh, thanks for doing that. So tell us a little bit about this media day. Um, what what did you, uh, When did you get there and what were you expecting? Uh, so this was my first media day, actually. So I wasn't actually quite sure what to expect. Um, we got there at 11, but some other Acers had arrived at 6.15 to help with the live TV shots and fill seats. Uh, that's one of the ace advantages that we have is we can sometimes get the opportunity to come in and fill seats uh, to help fill up the trains. So that way the live media and the parks can have full trains for their video shoots. Some Acers arrived at 6.15. Uh, the media team, we arrived at 11 a.m. so we could interview some Acers and uh, get our reverse POV. Nice. Nice. So you're not going to be famous on any commercials then? You missed the commercial? Not this time. Not this time. You can see me in some Pantheon pictures, but I didn't do it this time. Nice. 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 Okay. So I already told you or asked you politely not to spoil anything, but uh, I think it's probably an appropriate question to ask you. Did you escape the storm? Barely. I barely got out of there. It's not to say anything, but there are some surprises i think in my opinion nothing crazy but nothing nothing that might not catch you off guard if you avoid the spoilers awesome so start to paint the picture in our heads for us since we're on the podcast um i do know uh, that this was uh, a formal a former attraction called curse of dark castle did you uh, get to ride that attraction i unfortunately did not get to ride it but i do know a little bit about what it used to be and uh, a little bit of the story around i'm not too familiar with it but i do know that some of the storyline from Curse of Dark Castle has been integrated into Dark Coaster. So it's almost like a continuation from what um, the people that have read that have told me. So uh, it's very interesting to hear what their reactions are and how like, oh, it's such an, it's a good continuation of the story is what I've heard. Yeah. And I love, I mean, they even continued the name because uh, if, if you haven't seen it, it has a capital K in Coaster to uh, correspond with the capital K in the Dark Castle, which was also a K. So do you know, did it share, I know it shares the same building, but uh, ride and queue and stuff like that, since it's continuing the theme, was a lot of that the same? Um, from what I know, the queue line follows the same path. And I did have some friends point out to me that they are actually using the same loading area, loading and unloading area for Dark Coaster as they did for Dark Castle, which I thought was very interesting. Someone pointed out to me that he, they were impressed that it was um, retrofitted to fit trains instead of the uh, dark ride vehicles, which I thought was pretty neat that they were able to do that. That is pretty cool. So I think we've 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 kind of hit on it a little bit, but just to call it out, this is a inside coaster. Is the entire coaster inside? Yes, it is. This is our first of a kind in our mid, in the Mid Atlantic region. We this is our first all indoor roller coaster. We have Verbal, which is inside outside. This is our first all indoor roller coaster. So it's going to hopefully run in the rain and rain or shine. And is it all in the dark? Yes and no. There are strobe lights. So you're not completely in the dark, but it is pretty dark in there. Awesome. And then tell us a little bit about the cars because these are some unique ride vehicles. Had you been on a straddle coaster before? This was my first straddle coaster. So I was very excited to get to try it out. Um, 
you walk in, you sit there, it's a two by two or it's two across. So you have two riders. I believe it was five rows. Um, maybe, maybe six. It was, I think it was five. Um, and you just walk in, uh, you straddle it kind of, you're not, you're not straddling like Tron is how you would get over it, all that ride. Uh, but this one, you do sit down, you put out a lap bar and you have motorbike or yeah, motorbike handles that you can hold onto, or you have a normal lap bar if you would prefer to hold onto them. It's very neat. Uh, it does look like snowmobiles, which I thought was pretty cool touch to see, see that brought into it. Uh, they're very, very detailed. Uh, one of them is frostbite and the other one is themed to big bad wolf. So I like the two callbacks to the former attractions. Nice. I didn't realize there was going to be a callback to Big Bevel. That's pretty solid. So they are comfortable. And do you, do you lean forward like you do? Um, like you're riding a motorcycle or is it still an upright position? You can do both. I learned that. I was talking to a ride operator about what the proper riding position was. And so he said some people choose to lean forward a little bit and hold on to the motorcycle bars. Or some people choose to sit back and hold on to the lap bar. Either way is acceptable. You can choose to do either. I rode holding on to the grab bars on like I was riding a motorcycle, which I thought it made the experience more fun for me because I felt it was uh, more with my body out like that. Yeah, so you can almost lean into the turns. Yeah, it makes those turns feel more snappy, to, in my opinion. And then loading and unloading. Since so is that, I know I've seen, you know, like with Tron and stuff, some confusion in the loading and unloading areas. Was it pretty straightforward to get on and off? Yep. No, uh, they had it. It's got, got your normal gates, normal shoe lines behind them, uh, exits on the left behind you. Uh, straight, it's pretty streamlined. Cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I think it's a, I'm also looking forward to bringing my family because it's also a family coaster. Can you talk a little bit about the mixed crowd you had there and if, the, and if there was uh, any younger people and, and what their experience was on it? Um, I did see some younger kids. Uh, it seemed like they liked it. I didn't get to talk to any of them, but they seemed to be happy, happy and cheering when they got off. Uh, they seemed to enjoy it very much. Uh, it's definitely a step up from Grover, but you're not quite working your way up to Verbal Innovator, which I find is a nice, it hits home for what the park needed uh, in terms of a family coaster. So uh, you don't have to go to from Grover to riding Verbal, which is a very extreme coaster. If you've ever ridden it, uh, you know, without even giving spoilers to that ride, you know from that coaster that it's a f not really a family coaster. Yeah, good stepping stone, as they say. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit, is it, um, you know, your overall thoughts? Um, you started to talk a little bit about, you didn't think it was quite as extreme, but does it make up for it with all of the turns and the excitement? Or or what do you, what did you uh, rate it your personal self? I thought it was very fun. I enjoyed it. Um, it was very rewritable for me, which is not something I find a lot these days, surprisingly. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's definitely good fit for families and it, it's just, it's a nice experience. Um, one thing we noticed was when we were in the building, it was colder than it was like out in the loading area, which we thought was neat. So we were like wondering if that was part of the theming effect that they were just, or if they were just pumping the AC. <laughs> Let's let's go with it was part of the theme. How about that? Yeah, that's what we're going with. That's what we're gonna hope for. But it's gonna feel nice when it's ninety five and eighty five percent humidity here in Virginia. It's gonna feel great. And I'm not spoiling anything by letting everybody know it's a launch because they're advertising it as a launch coaster. So do you mind uh, giving us a little 
a little uh, inspiration around that. Yeah. So there are two different launch sections. Uh, both of them are tires. Uh, and you do go around twice. So there's in the band total of four launches. Uh, one thing that did surprise me about these launches is they don't feel like tire launches, in my opinion. Uh, it felt like it could have been magnetic launches or it could have been oh, cable, but I know that's not possible. But it felt like it was a magnetic launch. And I feel like if I didn't know that it was tires, I would have been like, wow, that's a really forceful launch. But it was, uh, it's, it's, the launches were better than I was expecting. I wasn't expecting it to kick you like that. It really felt like you were revving your motorcycle and speeding up. So when, when you're saying you're not expecting it from tires, you're saying like tires have a tendency to be like a slower ramp up to the speed, but these were a lot quicker. Is that what you mean? To my knowledge, I hadn't ridden one, so I wasn't expecting a fast acceleration from the launch. And so when we hit the first, when we hit the first go around and hit those both launches, I was like, wow, that kicked us up to speed a lot quicker than I thought it was going to. All right. You're, you're getting me excited. I can't wait to go. It's definitely on one of those parks that, that on my list to go back to because I haven't been there for a really long time, embarrassingly long time. So is there anything else uh, I missed or anything you want to um, let us know about or excitement around the uh, area? Uh, they do have some limited edition merchandise that we saw. They had some collectible coins that I noticed. Um, those were pretty cool to look at. Um, so, and then they do have a draft beer, I believe, uh, that's themed to Dark Coaster. So they do have the special items running right now. As far as the ride's concerned, I think we hit most of it. Um, you do go around twice. They have the high speed or high speed switches. So the ride doesn't ever stop to let the transfer track switch over. So it's a continuous loop, which I thought, which is pretty neat. It's just, just like Pantheon Cross Park. So it's one of my favorite parts is you don't ever stop. Well, that is a good ending comment. I, I, I do think that is, is, I love it when they think about keeping the, the speed of the ride going and the queue, queue going and the things through there. So, well, Seth, thank you for uh, giving us a little taste of your media day over there at, uh, and, uh, I really appreciate you uh, talking to us about Dark Coaster. Thanks for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. If, uh, you have any, uh, topics for the podcast or if you want to follow us on any of the social medias you can always reach out to us the podcast email address is podcast at aceonline.org and you can hit us up on all the socials by searching for american coaster enthusiasts and we will see you in the parks ride with us is produced by the american coaster enthusiasts a registered 501c3 organization visit ridewithace.com for additional information and we will see you at the parks